How do children's authors build strong book businesses and grow their impact? By hanging out with Lori here on The Writer's Way. Hello again, writers. How is everybody doing today? I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of Parkinson's Laws? I first heard of his second law, actually, because apparently there are 10. But I first heard of the second one in one of my favorite books ever called Profit First, written by Mike Michalowicz. And this is the law, and then I'll translate it to you. (laughs) It's expenditures or money paid out rises to meet your income. So Mike, who's a fabulous writer, he's very engaging. I highly recommend all of his books. He explains it like it's a dinner plate. So if you fill the dinner plate up, you'll eat it all. Uh, you know this probably because you've heard a really common diet strategy is just to use a smaller plate. So you eat less. Well, Mike says that if all your money is on one plate or in one account, you're going to spend it. Even if you feel like you're going to have extra because you had some kind of, you know, windfall or something. So I highly, highly recommend this book. And I, I really think all new authors should read it because it helped me manage my royalties so much better than I would have otherwise. And I a little bit cringe when I hear people talk about putting all their earnings back into their businesses, but that's probably another episode that maybe nobody actually wants. Lori's money issue episodes. <laughs> okay. So back to Parkinson's law. Parkinson's first law is about time and it's similar. Work expands to fill the time available for its completion. So here's your translation for that one. You'll get done whatever you need to in any amount of time you allow for. So in other words, when whether you have half an hour or you have two hours, either way, you'll get the job done. It's an interesting concept. I'm not totally sure I believe it. Like on one hand, I, you know, I've totally have seen it on, in action, but just today I wrote out the four hours of work that I would do and it did not get done. Um, so I don't know. Tell me what you think. Anyway, at the end of the last solo show that I did, it was a few weeks ago now. So prior to all those fantastic episodes that I released last week, and I think it was actually called just like welcome to season three. It was the first one of this season. Anyway, at the end of the last solo show, I decided to call this episode Achieve Your Author Dreams in an Hour a Day so that you can still have time for your family and maybe even your spouse if they're lucky. Um, because I think I was thinking off the top of my head when I said that, but it's, it's a little bit sexier than just time management for children's authors, which is a little bit boring, um, but efficient, right? And so honestly, I prize efficiency very highly these days. So without further ado, let's get started today with the topic, sexy time management. (laughs) Not really, (laughs) not really, just time management for authors. Okay, so here's Lori's first law. Feel free to quote this and turn it into like quotes on social media. Um, One of the things that people tell me over and over and over when I ask what's standing in their way of achieving their, their book goals, so it's their publishing goals or maybe their sales goals or what have you, but what's getting in their way almost without fail, it's that people don't have enough time. And so that's why I'm talking about time today. Here's my first law and here's what I, I really believe. I believe that you do have time for marketing and all the other stuff that comes along with it and that the marketing of your book is really the most important thing for you to spend your time on. 
when you sit down and finally get to work on your book business. So if you did listen to that last solo episode, you heard me talking about hitting a wall when COVID hit the world. I had been working on my book business full time and the kids were at school. I had all the time I needed to stare at the wall if I needed to, which you really do need to when you're a writer, right? I'm not alone in this, right? But when the kids, and there's three of them, everybody, when they were suddenly at home all the time and the husband at home all the time for the love of Netflix, not to mention, you know, my mental state with the worry and the stress that I was trying hard to not feel. Um, you know, I suddenly had so much less time for my work. I had almost no time to sit and stare at the wall, but at the same time, when I did get some time, when my husband said, go take an hour, go take two hours, whatever, I really struggled with what to focus on when I, when I actually got to sit in front of the computer. And the need for priorities and a system, it became really important again, just like, just like those things had been so important when I was first starting out. And when I had three much littler children and the youngest was only one and they weren't at school full time and my husband wasn't home with me yet. And, um, I really had to use, you know, a system to get things done and, and to identify priorities. And then when I was able to start working full time at it, I guess I didn't even realize that, you know, the container of time I had really expanded. I went from about three hours a day to maybe six to eight hours. And I had that extra time, which meant I didn't have to stick to my systems anymore for better or for worse. I didn't do it consciously or on purpose. And in hindsight, truly, it was kind of dumb that, you know, the work I was doing just expanded. And so suddenly I was spending so much more time doing the same amount of work somehow. If I had stuck perhaps with my system, I would have been working half as many hours a day, or maybe I'd be getting, you know, double the production in and producing more books and perhaps more courses and resources and things like that. I don't know. Anyway, live and learn, right? I have scaled back. So since March, I've definitely scaled back from doing all the things that had been filling my time, uh, but not, you know, so efficiently. And now I'm focusing on what really works, what actually pays off, especially when it comes to marketing. So here's what I think, and I hope this is what helps you. The first step in the process of marketing and having a plan when you sit down at the computer to finally work, even if you only have half an hour or an hour a day, is you have to understand what needs to be done. You need to understand, you know, have an idea anyway of the daily tasks, the weekly tasks, the monthly, the quarterly. Um, I've been at this for a while, so I feel like I have a good handle on what the tasks are. And I've created a resource for you to help because I think seeing it laid out really visually and getting that sense of, okay, what has to be done daily? What can I schedule? What do I really need to, lo to lean into, you know, just on a quarterly basis, perhaps? All those things, and of course, it will change slightly for everybody, but I put all of those tasks, all those daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly tasks into a free resource for you. So go to marketingforchildrensauthors.com. And I think you have to put the www first. I didn't do that on purpose and I can't figure it out. But anyway, www, that feels like so 2010. 
<laughs> www.marketingforchildrensauthors.com and you'll see something called the resource bank. And so that's where all the free things are. And this is the new and updated platform where I have my courses and my resources for authors. It used to be creativewriter.com. Now it is marketingforchildrensauthors.com. If you really want to know why, it's because I got really kind of ticked off at Teachable. And so I moved from Teachable and I love the new place where I house my courses, which is Member Vault. And I'm only saying that in case somebody else has courses and they are a little bit ticked at Teachable too. And it's expensive. And Member Vault is just so fantastic. We could do a whole episode on the course platform of my choosing. And um, let me know if you're interested in that. Okay, authors. Okay. So anyway, I've just added a new resource in there to the resource bank that outlines all these tasks that I'm mentioning. But you know, if I've missed something, which is entirely possible, just send me a message or an email. When you go to marketingforchildrensauthors.com, you do have to make an account, but it's free. So um, you do sign up with your email and it automatically generates a password for you, which is also your email. So you might want to update that. But anyway, there's loads of free stuff and the new resource is called task list and time management. Um, also not very sexy, but efficient. So we're going for efficient. Actually, Barbara sent me, this is a little side. Barbara sent me an email this weekend and, and uh, she said, Lori, your resource is so like just to the point and helps me and it's so efficient and thank you. No fluff. Um, and so I like that because that's the point. I don't have time for fluff either. Okay. So now, so go and get that task list and time management sort of, um, organizer. And now I'm going to share a few tricks that I use, things that I do in case maybe you haven't heard of them. So I have a couple of things that I would consider like standard. And then I have a couple of ninja things and, um, and there's probably more. So send me a message. If you have some kind of awesome ninja time management trick, send it to me. And then maybe I'll, I'll gather enough for another episode. Okay, before I start sharing my tricks, I want you to please just hear me really loudly when I tell you that I am nowhere near perfect. I am quite positive my systems are not perfect and they will need tweaking. (laughs) Tweaking is like a light word. They'll probably need overhauling, like for months, possibly for years. But I believe, like really, really sincerely believe the most important part of anything is just starting it, just starting, just doing. And that honestly perfect is the enemy of done. So there's my little pep talk for you. Okay. Here's a couple of what I consider sort of standard things, but I'll share it in case maybe this is new for you or are you just hearing it in a different way? And sometimes that makes all the difference, right? Okay. The first thing that I do is I write everything that I need to do down. So I'll be a hundred percent honest here. It doesn't all get written down in the same place. So some stuff ends up in a notebook. Some ends up in my Google calendar. Like if I'm out out and about, then I pull up my phone and I pull up the calendar and it goes in there. But a lot of stuff also ends up on sticky notes. And then there's other stuff still that ends up in my Erin Connor planner. You get the idea. Like there's stuff everywhere. So I try to bring those things all together at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the week, at least that I don't miss anything. But of course, the truth is, if you know me in real life, I still miss things and occasionally triple book myself. But I'm really trying hard. I kind of think that if your organizational tools bring you joy, then you'll use them more. So I love highlighters and Erin Condren planners. And if that's what you love, like that paper, tangible, you know, those things and the pretty highlighters, then that's what you should use. 
if you love doing the colorful time blocking on your, on your online calendar, then that's what you should use. But I think you'll use it so much more consistently if you enjoy using it. There's no point otherwise, right? I've recently, like in the past six months or so, discovered Trello. So if you have any courses or resources from me, uh, you probably know this because in the resource bank, I think everything is based off of Trello. It's free. So big points for the free. It's pretty fast to set up. It's hyper visual, which works really well for me. And it's actually kind of fun to play with. So if you're curious and you don't know what Trello is, just um, go to the resource bank at marketingforchildrensauthors.com and grab that task list and time management. And you'll, um, you'll get a click through to to the Trello board that I did it on and you'll see what I mean. Okay. So Google Calendar is also easily easy and I do try, I try to use it. It's just, I still really love my paper one, but I do try to use it because then it's really easy to share my calendars with other people. So my spouse, if he ever gets on board with that, assistants, editors, illustrators. So for all of you people who are, you know, having to book things in, if you're also a podcaster, um, if you have interviews to be on a pod- podcast, things like that, you can um, have it directly linked to your Google Calendar and it's pretty cool. So there you go. Uh, low tech item. I always keep a notebook with me. It goes in my rather large mom purse. And when I'm waiting at soccer pickup or outside the orthodontist, cause you're not actually allowed to go in anymore. Um, I do brain dumps and sometimes I do it before bed too. So this is when my brain just feels too full. I just write everything down and I instantly feel lighter. Now I heard recently, um, another way to put this, and I wish I remembered. It was like pen on paper time, but it was nicer than that. But pen on paper. So you can give yourself a time, like three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. I did it for 10 minutes and that was kind of incredible. But your pen doesn't come off the paper. And so especially if you're just dumping out your thoughts. And then if you have a moment where um, you ha- you don't really have any thoughts, <laughs> you can just write the same word over and over and over again. And then trust me, your brain will click, kick in and stuff will go down. It's kind of like staring at the wall, but while you're writing and it's very therapeutic and it really, it really does help. So there you go. That's one of my standard, perhaps not so standard, uh, <laughs> tricks just to freeing up my brain space. So I don't feel overwhelmed all the time. Do you ever feel like that where you sit down to work and you're so overwhelmed, you don't even know where to start. Anyway, doing that brain dump does make your brain feel lighter, which is nice. And then you can just go back and look at all the stuff that you wrote out and, you know, cross off what was garbage and refile what you need to somewhere else. So there you go. I do really enjoy the Pomodoro method, which I feel like has been talked about a ton, you know, with um, online entrepreneur groups and stuff like that. But if you're fairly new to the online, you know, business type world, the Pomodoro method is when you set a timer for a certain amount of time and you focus on one thing only and it works really, really well. So some people do it for, I think this is like the official way to do it is 45 minutes of work and then you take 15 minutes off right away. And ideally it's not 15 minutes off to sit in the same position and scroll Facebook or something. It's 15 minutes to get up, to walk around, to move your body, get a snack, tickle the dog, you know, the usual break type activities. If 45 minutes is too long or you don't have 45 minutes, you can try it with like a 15 minute 
um, time or 20 minutes, something like that. And it's also a nice way to do housework. So if the whole family sets the timer and everybody cleans, you know, for 20 minutes, you'll be amazed at what you get done. Or if you have to tackle like your winter clothes coming out of hibernation and your summer clothes going away, but you really don't want to try the Pomodoro, set the timer. It works really well. Okay. So here's some more ninja tips. I think, I hope, I don't know. If you have other ones, just send them to me and I'll do another one. Um, so if you're not uh, familiar with me, I like to make a lot of resources. So I make them for teachers and parents and authors. Um, I love playing with graphics. I think if I ever, you know, get another career down the line, I might do something with graphic production. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I make um, workbooks. I like to make workbooks for people, lesson plans for teachers, that kind of thing. And I do, like I said, I do really enjoy actually making them, but I don't really enjoy starting from scratch or the amount of time it spends when I have to start from scratch. So I am a big fan of templates. So in Canva, if you're familiar with Canva or PicMonkey, any graphic program like that, they have templates. And so this is true even if you don't make those resources, even if you don't do lesson plans to give away or workbooks or anything like that, just for your social media graphics, if you want to sort of level up your social media graphics, just use those those templates that they have. So I think there's another one called Over. Pick Monkey was one without the KPIC monkey and Canva. And using the templates works so well. So it will help if you have your branding down a little bit. Um, so your colors and your fonts, because then you don't have to think about those things every time that you make a graphic. You can just say, oh yeah, that's the blue and that's the playlist or Playfair, whatever, a font they use. And um, you can whip those off pretty fast. So it definitely saves time when you've done that pre-work to pick your colors and fonts and things and when you work from templates. I actually have um, some gorgeous minimalistic templates uh, that I'm an affiliate for. I really love them. They are so beautiful. So I'll share a link to those in the show notes. I think that there's a social media pack of them and there's about 50 of them. I don't remember the price as I'm recording this, but um, they're really nice. And I use, I, I was just using them today. So I highly recommend I'll put that in the show notes. Um, okay. So moving on, something else that I really like is Canva Pro. Now the free version is lovely and it's likely more than enough for your purposes, but I like that the pro plan is only a hundred dollars a year. And with it, I can upload fonts. So if I have particular fonts that don't come with Canva, I can upload and save them on there. I can also save my brand boards. So I could have a different brand, say, for my podcast, for my children's author stuff, for my marketing stuff. I can save as many sort of branding things that I want. And that saves me a lot of time just because it's saved in there. Now, um, a hack, if you don't want to pay for Canva Pro, but you still want to easily, you know, remember your hex codes and stuff is just put the hex codes on a sticky note and put it right beside your computer when you're working or use Trello, which I mentioned before, and put all your branding elements into one Trello board so that you can pull them up at the same time and work from them and save time that way. Um, Canva does come with a lot of templates that are just fine. And then you just custom customize them with your logo, uh, your, you know, your font and your colors and, and that's all good and easy. And so, you know, Canva free is just fine, but I find the pros just a little bit better for me and I can afford it. So it's okay. If you can afford it, don't feel like you're missing out on too much. It's just that little bit of extra time 
um, that it saves you because it's, because it saves your things. Okay. Moving on from Canva. This is a really good one that I really need. (laughs) I actively have to block out distractions because I absolutely cannot rely on my own willpower. I don't have it like none. So I use something called the newsfeed eradicator. It's a Chrome extension and it's free. So you just pop it on there and it blocks your newsfeed. So I think the last time I heard this statistic was, um, people spend about 75% of the, their time on Facebook just scrolling their newsfeed. So that means that almost the entire time that you open up Facebook and you go, you never leave the newsfeed. And that's why people talk about stopping the scroll and all that, because you get on there and you just scroll, scroll, scroll. You get stuck looking at videos of cute pets, wishing people happy birthday, happy anniversary, reading mass debates, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and I absolutely do it too, because it's very interesting. <laughs> But if I'm on Facebook to actually do work or something, heaven forbid, um, I install that plugin. So newsfeed eradicator. And it does save me actually a lot of time. And then on my phone, I can still go to the newsfeed for when I really do just want to mindlessly scroll. Okay, here's a last ninja hack for you today. And I take a lot of online courses. I think if you've listened to me in past seasons or read my blog, then you probably know that I'm a bit of a um, course hoarder. <laughs> and that was my weird pandemic buy. Absolutely. So I bought a lot of online courses. Uh, Guilty. Guilty pleasure. Okay. So, um, I listen to everything though that I can sped up. So one and a half, like 1.5 speed is too fast for me. Usually 1.25 is perfect. And to be honest, I get really annoyed when courses or videos that I'm watching don't have that option. So, um, I don't need to tell you this, of course, but audio, you know, for me is so much easier than video. I can listen and speed it up if I need to. And if I can, as I do other things. So as I walk or clean or make dinner or whatever, if there's a course or a podcast or something, then I can just listen to it and I can listen to it quickly. So I really am loving that feature on a lot of courses that have it. It looks like a little um, gear icon that's in the settings and feel free to get upset on my behalf if you don't have that option. <laughs> so there you go. Lori's second law. Wait, did I have a first law? I don't know. Lori's second law. Anyway, that's the audio is the new video and there you go. Feel free to also quote that on social media. (laughs) Okay, I think that's long enough for this show. Next time, I really want to share a magical email sorting trick. I used it and it allows me to get to inbox zero every day, which of course is like the ultimate goal. It's not just me, right? Anyway, I'll share how I save time on social media if you want as well. And then we will move on to more parts of, you know, a marketing plan that you really need to have in place. Um, hope, hopefully that that will help you and that maybe by, I don't know, let's be realistic, maybe by the end of the year, end of 2020, you'll feel like you have a solid marketing plan and um, and then when you sit, you, you know, even if you only have half an hour or an hour to sit down at the computer, then you'll be able to sit down and know exactly what it is that you have to do. So you don't waste time feeling frustrated or overwhelmed or not knowing what to do. So there you go. One last reminder to go and grab that resource I was mentioning about the sexy time management. It will be linked in the show notes, but it's at marketingforchildrensauthors.com. Have a look at all those tasks and just make sure to copy it for yourself before you make any changes. Okay. I hope this was helpful, everybody. And I will talk at you next week.